What's going on, family? What's going on? What's going down? What's shaking? Welcome to Jonathan Souls Podcast. This is Jonathan Souls speaking with you now. I got the honor and privilege of talking to a visionary, somebody from uh, the great state of Texas, uh, a person who has a very uh, unique take on the graphic novel. I'm talking about Latravius Calloway. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. And yourself? Real good, man. Real good. And uh, I understand in some circles you go by the moniker uh, Vague Sage. Is that is that true? Ab- that's absolutely true. Fantastic. And how did you get that name? Well, uh, it definitely came. It came from my wife. It it, it came from me actually uh, answering questions. It kind of gets a little vague, but it's always like some sort of maxim. Like occasionally something really, really clever comes out. And so she's like, you're always talking in riddles. And so then she called me Vague Sage and it really stuck with me. That's, I really loved it. So <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. The Vague Sage. All right. And we're talking about your book, Evian Rising, The Traveling Chaos, Chapter One. And you can find that on Amazon.com. Uh, Evian. So tell us about uh, the premise and tell us about the protagonist, Evian. Okay, so basically the premise is talking about a, a strong woman that is going through the universe and basically bringing balance to wherever she is, uh, really keeping a, uh, a, a high profile and giving a representation that somebody can actually look up to. So it's, it's really about, you know, uh, a, a beautiful and strong woman basically balancing out the universe the way they typically do. Hmm. OK. All right. So you got a yin yang thing going on and uh, and the woman is kind of about. OK, good. All right. And so um, now I read uh, the first couple of parts of the book and uh, I might be reading the premise wrong. But what I'm seeing is, you know, be, you know, I would say man, but there's alien people involved, too. So I'll just say folks, folks evolve, yeah. learn how to uh, cooperate with each other. And then because of their cooperation, everybody got enough to eat or whatever. It, they don't need religion anymore. They have peace. Yeah. And then, you know, the gods get jealous. Yep. That's 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 what I'm I'm seeing. And then what happens? So basically that's that's the uh that's the preface. Okay. So this is it just kind of sh- it shapes up how this story and this universe is being uh created. So you you start off with all of these these people, you know, you have constant chaos here and then you hit that quantum leap, you know, when you move intellectually to a certain level, then certain things you do tend to let go of that you typically felt that it was a staple part of your existence. Mm-hmm. And so uh, basically, once you once we go through that, that preface of this is the stage and this is the way the universe is in, uh, in Evian's world, then you jump right into Evian in the midst of her quest. So, and her quest is definitely finding, getting revenge for her adopted father. Mm, okay 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 so just so i'm clear so she's basically balancing the books because you know a deity or or his followers wronged her 
adoptive father, if I remember correctly. Yep. Okay. Yes. All right. So I wanted I wanted to make sure that uh, people didn't con- misconstrue that she I wouldn't call her necessarily good or bad because obviously she's killing people and aliens and all these other different things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she is not trying to do harm to people intentionally, like to be malicious in any type of way. So that's how I kind of shape the character to say, look, I'm making decisions in the moment. What I feel is right is what I feel is right. And if somebody else feels that it's different, then it's up to that person to bring me in alignment. That is her thought process. So that's why she feels no, uh, no impediments to her going around and, you know, go into a place and then kill up the kill up everybody because she feels justified. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I got to tell you, man. You know, you being from Texas, and I'm reading just the first, you know, part of the book, and I'm thinking, okay, it looks like, you know, this whole religion thing is becoming obsolete as human beings evolve, and then I'm thinking, this is gonna be a bad joke. This is not about Joel Osteen, is it? You can be honest with me, man. You, you, I know you let you down. You can be just tell me the truth, brother. Tell me the truth, man. He closed the door, people so he was can, like, I'm going to write a novel. That's what, you know that's what, what happened. You know what? No, no, no. <laughs> people, people you heard it here whatever, first, folks. Whatever parallel. No, <laughs> people can make whatever parallel, but this was, this was created and published. You a, let us down, you know, man. A year ago. <laughs> <laughs> this, I guess you, you know what you can say? You can say that this was uh, a gift of foresight because I, I wrote this book uh, a year or two ago uh-huh. uh, and I, I came up with the idea even well, you know, well before that because, you right. know, there's so much you have to get the, the heart done and all this other stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty funny. So uh, you're saying the spirit yeah, came to yeah, you this, be- this, before the flood. <laughs> absolutely. It came. <laughs> There's no joke about that. It came to me well before the uh, the hurricane. You know, it's, it's so funny, man. The only difference between, like, science fiction and science fact is time, really. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And especially when it comes to technology and stuff. And so I do, Absolutely. you know, I'm, I'm being, you know, you know, a little levity in here or whatever. But I do, you know, I do have a, a sense that... uh you know, the more uh, I, I interact with artists and writers like yourself and everything, I think that people are kind of reexamining the way they see the world and, and if you want to call it the spirit world. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yep. It's not just my generation, you know what I mean? The Generation X folks. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like uh, I think people are becoming, uh, you know, they're they're exploring stuff yeah yeah yeah, exactly this more open kind of a thing and uh you know i'm i want to talk about your book and i want to talk about the art and everything but let's just take a little sidebar uh are people as religious as they used to be down in texas uh well you know i think that i think they really are you know is there are still people that are very you know uh very enthusiastic about religion and things of that nature, but it, but I have seen a key difference. There's a lot more inclusion. There's a lot more, uh, non-denominations and things of that nature. I think that's more prevalent now. 
I think that's the biggest difference. But in Texas, you do have a lot of very devout religious folk. So, yeah, I mean, isn't that still considered the Bible Belt down there? Um, well, you know, I don't particularly experience it. You know, I uh, uh, because I work from home, and then I kind of just go to where I need to go to. Uh-huh. But uh, it 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 very well could be. You can see you can see the the prize. You know, you see the the different um, when people do talk about their extracurriculars, then they they do mention you know their church groups or whatever the case is. You'll see them on meetup.coms and stuff like that. A lot of you know religious focused meetup groups and things of that nature. So okay, yeah, yeah. I could I could agree with that. All right, let's uh, let's get back to the book here. So I'm I'm looking at it through the, my Kindle reader here, and uh, I must say that the uh, I guess the opening spread art is very nice. Uh, I think the fellows would appreciate it. That's, that's the best I can say. <laughs> um, what inspired you in terms of like uh, costume design, the ships? Uh, what what were some of your influences? So since I, I've, I've been big into sci-fi for a really, really long time. And so all of those things just, you know, it's just imagination. And a lot of times I'll just, I'll look for inspiration. So I'll, I'll, you know, flip through, you know, Google type things in, try and like get a, uh, a picture of, okay, these are the types of things that I like. These are the types of things that I don't like type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the ships, when I first, you know, like the first image, uh, even with some of the suits, I get a sense of like yeah. Robotech or uh, yeah, I never really follow any of the Gundam stuff. But it definitely has like a manga-esque kind of feel. Yes. Is that what you were going for? Absolutely. I, I, I was brought up on, you know, American comic books before it was popular. You know, my dad was big into it, and so then it cascaded down. And so I, 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 I did like a lot of elements to the American style, but then as I got older and, you know, particular cartoons weren't for me, where, you know, anime kind of took over, and, you know, I, I kind of fell in, in love with the genre because of the outside of the box you don't get the same type of villains you don't get the same type of heroes and your favorite character might just die type of thing and it was intriguing because it was completely different um so i it's it's kind of like a blend between uh the two that american style art where you see a lot of the the features and uh but that manga feel where there is a faster pace and there's more, you know, there might be a little bit more uh, graphical violence or something like that, uh, action scenes. Yeah, I, I say manga on two levels. One, because of the art style, you know, the way you draw the face, the eyes, the whole bit. And the other piece is some of the manga that I saw was a bit mature, you know what I mean? And when I say mature, mm-hmm. I mean in terms of violence, in terms of like character design, you know, maybe some mm-hmm. of the, the female characters might show a little more skin you know, kind of a yeah. thing. And so I see that in this, in this. So is this the preface? Cause the, I said in the, in the intro that you took an interesting approach to the graphic novel. So it looks like the first, I don't know, 30 some pages are like, you know, a gra you know, the, 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 not the cartoon, but the manga part. 
and then the rest of it yeah. is prose. Is that yeah, the preface, or talk to me on that? So, so the preface is the first four pages okay. of the the graphic novel. So you'll see this is what happened. You see some uh, the gods. You'll see uh, you know that last picture of Evian. And then when you see her walking through the desert, that's where it actually, that's current day. That's current start of the day. Now, when you go back to the text, the text, what I wanted to do is I wanted to create the, you know, there's so much you can do within just drawing uh, and trying to tell a story just by, you know, doing a whole bunch of panels. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create some imagination for everybody else, too and give more information about the character at the same time. So I picked this format because it's, it's, it's different, and I, wanted, I, I really did want to get in as much information as I could so that people can kind of relate to the character more as opposed to just getting into the, the, the action or the, what you see. So you'll, you'll, when you get to the text, you'll see that, oh, okay, there is something that, just happened right before it kind of uh right before she actually gets to crimson rituals there's something that she is that's going on through her mind as she's preparing to do what she's about to do so it kind of it sets the stage uh for exactly what's happening and and who she is as a character so there are flashbacks and things like that that's inside of the novel text that's not in the graphic novel portion Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I got a slight sense to... of uh, of a Blade Runner when um, she approaches the city <laughs> from the waist, just because of yeah. you know the way you drew it and the the you know kind of like the lights or whatever. It's like that opening scene when you're yeah. flying into the original Blade Runner, that kind of a thing. So I, I, I can dig yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I can dig that. Now, now I want. I, go ahead. I want. I wanted to be uh, uh, make sure we were clear that. I did all of these for this. I did all of these sketch work and everything. And then someone came back and did the line art and the final drawings for it. Uh, because after a certain point in time, when I was doing it, I was, I was, you know, still being a father and having a daytime job. It's like, well, really, if I can hand this part over, then I will do it. And I'll just uh, take more of the creative uh, role of it. And sketching doesn't take as long as, doing line art getting into photoshop and all these other things okay great great so uh you want to who was your collaborator with this so i i work with one of my uh one of the partners that i've actually been working with for uh two years he's out of the uh out of the philippines mm -hmm. uh we had a really good uh working relationship and um it works really well for us so and he, he's now he's able to, you know, he's interpreting everything and we, it's, everything is pretty much seamless. So uh, okay. I've been working with him. I feel comfortable with his uh, his art is really similar to mine. Mm -hmm. So it, it worked out really well. Gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Um, I wanted to uh, key in on uh, something that was very curious to me. Can you tell me about these chi attacks? You know, uh, uh, dark yeah. karma. What is this dark karma debt recollection? Uh, sounded like Sally Mae about the <laughs> acceleration. <hit> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you know that's another appealing part about that anime manga type of thing where they kind of tell you exactly what's about to happen before yeah. it happens. Uh -huh. uh, I, I really like that uh, that element to it, so I put it inside of you know inside of the book. So in that particular one, she's basically accelerating the karma of these 
these dark individuals. So mm-hmm. you imagine if all of your bad uh, karma that just came back to you instantaneously, mm-hmm. you know, those that just thinking outside the box, since it's, a, it's kind of a spiritual myth, you know, mythological type of story, yeah. I wanted to create that, that sense of, oh, he's talking about spirituality uh, in and out throughout this uh, series. Yeah, you definitely get the sense that the the writer has a point of view. You know what I mean? Yeah. He has a point of view and he's kind of filtering, you know, you know, the the essence of it and you know, through this through this book. And that's why I said, you know, I I get a sense that that it's not that people are searching. I don't think that's the thing. I think that people are just throwing off dogma. Kind of a thing. Hmm. I think that people that's that's the feeling I get. You know, I was um you know, Generation X people, uh, you know, so we were, you know, in high school, getting out of high school in the late 80s. And then, you know, so mm-hmm. that's when like the Afrocentricity thing was kicking off when they actually had real scholars, like people who traveled, yeah, dug yeah. in the ground and stuff, not the bullshit they got going on right now. And, and, uh, yeah. and you know, and they had, you know, you know, real like, you know, philosophy and, and critical thinking and everything. And, uh, yeah. That was like uh, when I first kind of got away from Christianity. I studied myself yeah. out of it. I, I, I messed up. I bet my friends, they kept quoting uh, Dr. John Henry Clark and, uh, and, uh, um, and all these other, you know, uh, these other scholars. And I was like, man, yeah. Christianity is so dope. I'm going to study you guys' history. I'm going to prove, oh, man, famous last words took about a year <laughs> and uh once i found out that they ain't, they ain't got a goddamn pot <laughs> you know what i mean that they can prove none of this shit is real it's just stories of other cultures that's been retold then i was like yeah. at a crossroads you know what i mean and so and i think uh, but it was painful for me because my family's like really deep into christianity but um yeah. i think the the folk that came after they weren't so steeped in dogma you know what I mean? I, I mean, I, what's your thought I think, on that? I think, I think that is 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 important to to realize where you know there are benefits, and then where yeah, you need to really analyze yourself and internally think about the things that you're saying or doing in a ritualistic fashion. Mm-hmm. So when you when you have a generation like you're saying of yourself, where you're saying, I don't know if this is so much right. And then you have a generation that follows that doesn't have that foundation that even you had. Yeah. Then you have people that can explore and it creates uh, less tension because now you're not feeling so, so upset or you're not feeling so aggressive towards people who has a different ideology than you have. Mm-hmm. So, I, like I say, I think there's a, you know, there's a place for people who don't have any other way to go Christian, I, I would say, I guess, that over a lot of other things. But, you know, the, the most important part, from my, in my opinion, is just, you know, analyzing what's truth for you, you know, the individual, and doing you and allowing that collective or community to surround you in that like-mindedness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, if you know, people who are deep, steeped in religiosity can't write this kind of stuff that you're writing. Yeah, I, I, I can, I definitely can agree with that because I am one going off of it, uh, a non-single omniscient being mm-hmm. uh, to uh, a multifaceted situation where you know. It's, it's plausible within a religious type of viewpoint, but it's not at all something that is a religious doctrine, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. So what is the belief system of Evian? Because it looks, I mean, is she a goddess? Is she a disciple? I mean, what? where is she in that spectrum? Well, I, I don't want to give that spoiler up. Okay, okay, I'm uh, Because that's going to come in in chapter two, where we actually figure out exactly her origins and what actually happened and gotcha. who she is. Okay. But for right now, the reader needs to understand that she is someone that came from nowhere and was raised by someone other than her parents or anybody that she knows, and then she became. Uh, obsessed with that that rea- that interaction between her and her dad is like I love him so much and mm-hmm. I know how much he's done and how good of a person he is I want to avenge him because she she doesn't even remember her past mm. so he he is everything to to her and so it's one of those things immediately once she was able to walk and do normal function and immediately she's she's into training she's learning from uh, a past king, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, and then, you know, as you progress through the story, you see that she starts learning from, you know, another woman-like figure. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you start to see that she's just a very, at this stage, a very talented individual. Mm-hmm. And then in the future, uh, we find out a little bit more about uh, what she really has going on. Why did you choose a father figure to be Evian's inspiration? So the reason why I chose the father figure is, is a couple of fold. One is because, like I say, this, this book is, is heavily influenced off of my wife. And so she has a very strong and positive relationship with her father that you know, one could really, really revere. It's like they, they talk every day. I get, you know, I got the chance to, you know, get involved with another male figure that I can respect. He's, you know, entrepreneur. And she has that same type of love rapport with him. As, and I could see her doing that same thing, obviously exaggerated, but I could see her also taking shape in that form to say, look, you did something to my father, then now you have to take the fury behind it. Mm. Mm. I, I tell you, man, um, there's, there's something to what you said earlier about the balance. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we can easily see if it was flipped and there was a son who wanted to avenge his mom. You know, that's, you know, and I'm, pr- I'm sure we've seen you know, that kind of energy before, but we don't see yep. uh, a revered and a fatherly image in, uh, yep. 
and in the comics that I'm reviewing, I'm seeing them more. But generally speaking, coming up, you know, usually the you know the parents got killed in the alley, <laughs> you know, coming coming yeah, back yeah, yeah. from a, a, yeah. a theater and the yeah, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, but yeah. The, but to have the father uh, to be the inspiration, that's something, man. That's something. Um, now I noticed in in the comic part of it, you know, the, with the panels, there was like a there was like a troop or it looked like a, a league of assassins or whatever. That was, uh, you know, kind of watching Evian kick, kick some butt. And then one woman yeah. kind of stepped forward and she was like, hey, you know, we have some kind of some some kinship, some kind of some kind of understanding. Yeah. Uh, we so, know each other. Yeah. 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 Ah, uh, yes. let's see. Let's see. It's so much in this is so much in this in this book. Um. I was reading uh, some novels when I was going through my transition because, you know, nature abhors a void. So after I kicked Christianity to the curb, which was difficult, um, you know, it was like a kind of a void there. And so, of course, you know, I started looking at the African religions, started going there and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And then I was like, yeah, you know what I mean? You know, okay, You know, so then I started looking at other stuff. And so I came across this this, uh, novel where the psychiatrist would put people under hypnosis. And then he would do mm-hmm. something called past life regression. Yes. And uh, there was all kinds of newspaper articles in there where it was like a story where this kid um, in this Indian town was um, telling people, hey, you know, this guy like murdered me or whatever, you know. And so, you know, long yeah. story short, they uh, they found a police chief and the kid relayed the details and he got it down like to the to the you know, like got intimate details of this murder that happened like like 20 years ago. And, okay. you know, and, the, you know, so it was like it was a documented kind of a case. When my when my youngest kid was born, I looked mm-hmm. in her. I pulled all my kids out, cut the cord. I know this is kind of, kind of gross to some of you guys. Pull them out, cut the cord. No, I, 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 hey, let me, let me go ahead and preface. I was I did a water birth with my wife. I was in the tub and helped deliver the little baby wow. out. So. And then I got a chance to cut the cord. I think it's a special thing. Yeah, it yeah. was it was it was amazing. I, I I would encourage water births and you know the the man to step up and and get in it that. It was tub, hardcore, you know, man. I wouldn't get no water. Get in there, man. You get in that water. You feel that that magic. You know, rub her back and make sure she's feeling good. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a really good experience. Wow. You know, we weren't in there that long. We were we we got in at eleven o'clock. And we were done at one. Damn. You know, baby came real calm. Everything was was a beautiful process. I even got a chance to record the whole thing too. It was, wow, it was incredible! Uh, I said all that to say that when I looked in my daughter's eyes, I knew she had been here before. Yep. So you know, yep. I, I I I don't know, man, but I just I feel like there's something to that past life thing. I feel like there's something to it. So why did you? Absolutely. Why did that end up in your? Uh, story is this something you've heard is it an idea a concept you came across it was just a moment of inspiration what well it's, it's definitely something that I, i've been uh inundated with over time uh and let me say that evian actually does a regression technique on uh on dregan so if you, you get to that panel you'll see that she that's one of her uh techniques that she does on him to okay. get some information from him right anyway uh, so the regression, like I, I was, I was, I got the inkling to start, try to look into the psychic thing, uh, 
when uh, my wife uh, brought brought it to my attention. It was like, yeah, you know, I always wanted to try going to a psychic or whatever. And then, you know, it just kind of continued to build on itself. And then it's like, oh, you know, there's this past life regression that, you know, some psychics can actually do on you and things of that nature. And so, you know, you look at it uh, from like the stories that you, you, the story you just said, you know, there's some people who can recount things that are inexplicable, mm. you know, and it, it feel it feels right. You know, I don't, I, you know, I don't need it to, you know, be written down. It just feels like that is, is truth. And I feel like there are some instances where I think I've been here a couple of times before or something like that. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think, you know, there's a, there's a very strong element there. And so, yeah, the regression and things that you've done is it's in your DNA. I mean, just from the very nature of who you are as a person, your DNA comes from your ancestors, which is, you know, your past life. You know, essentially, you've been in your, you know, your mom's egg and, you know, eventually you come out and there's some life, a seminence, you know, that comes from it, you know, just from a scientific perspective. I yeah. think it's, I, I do think that regression is different from that, but just from a scientific perspective, I think that, yeah, you've lived plenty of lives. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to the, the great Latravius Calloway. He wrote this novel, Evian, The Traveling Chaos. We're talking about chapter one, the first in a series of novels. Uh, Latravius, talk about your writing process. So, when I basically I, I do the sketching first, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I came up with the A to Z a while ago. So it was really about breaking it into bites to where I can keep people engaged, you mm-hmm. know, to um, have it reoccurring and to have it in a consistent format so someone can say, okay. I know this book is going to have about 20 pages of graphic novel and it's going to have 30 to 40 pages of text that I can create my own imagination on the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to shape that, uh, shape a unique type of book. So what I did was I I had my A to Z and then I started coming up with my, you know, A to, you know, maybe K. And then I really started to look at the micro arcs because, you know, when you're doing 20 pages, it has to be interesting. You know, it it can't be too slow. It has to wrap up. And so I basically, uh, after I created all of my little milestone markers, then I started to jot down like ideas over time, slight ideas. And then I started creating panels and I would create all of the different panels and then I rearrange the panels, and then I write based off of what I saw from the artistic point of view. So I do my writing after I've created all of the the visual. Hmm. Years ago, I met this graphic designer who was married to an editor, and he said, mm-hmm. "Jonathan, never marry an editor." <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. They have a job that I, man, oh man, that is, that is a very tough job. When I, when I saw what came back, you know, from the editor, you know, it, it was, you know, that sea of red, Mm -hmm. it was like, whoa, I, it's like, I never knew English, 
you know, but you know, it, yep, yep, yep. but the, th- but the thing about it is that it, it made me stronger as a, as a writer after reading those comments, like, yeah, okay, that, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know what, the, those commas do belong there. And so, uh, for any writers out there, if you think that you're going to proofread it yourself and you're really good at it, just, just assume that you're not and just, uh, spend the money on a, on a really good editor because that makes or break what you have. Gotcha. 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 So this is what we got so far. We got, uh, your wife inspired this character, your wife and her father in particular. Uh, we have this kind of a space opera thing happening where this, uh, you know, daughter essentially is traveling through these different realms, uh, you know, looking to avenge her father we have a backdrop of, you know, quasi-religious philosophical ideas happening, you know, along with like these kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, Naruto type attacks, <laughs> you know what I mean, that you guys yeah. are doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Naruto fan. So uh, I, once I got the family hooked, I was, I was in heaven. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so they wouldn't interrupt you now. Now they're going to sit down with you. Was you into uh, well, I mean, Chopinru or no? Chapin- what? Was you in? The, I can't pronounce. Uh, it. Is it Chapudin? Chapudin, yes, yeah, Chapudin. Yeah, I've I've watched all. I've watched everything. You know, uh, I've watched the original all the way through the Chapudin, and I and actually after I watched the entire thing, and my wife finally was like, "Well, uh, you know, let me see what that's about." You know, I was able to show her enough uh, of the good episodes to where she would want to start over. So I watched it. Uh, a couple of times, actually, uh, I started back over the series and watched it again uh, with her, and um, uh, some of it was my daughter as well. Uh, wow. She's six now. That's cool, man. That's cool. I remember going into a driving up the Borders books, my son jumping out of the car, running into Borders, trying to get the next copy of Naruto because they kept selling out. And, oh, uh, man. We, got, we had one through 12, I don't know what happened to number one. Now I just got two through twelve, but uh, but that was that was quite a while ago. Is manga still popping uh, like that in your oh, opinion? Now it's 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 huge. You know now it's now that people can create these web comics. You know you think about something like a a, a One Punch. Mm-hmm. You know where it started off as a a web comic, and then it just molded into something that gained this cult like following. And became a mainstream uh, animation. You know, the, it it costs major dollars to create these uh, really elaborate uh, animation series, and they came out of nowhere. And and the artist wasn't even all that great. You know, so it, it, at the at the time. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's it's it is it's it's taken off, especially since the the whole American comic into movie. Uh, movement had started, you know, uh, back when, you know, mm-hmm. with X-Men and, and Iron Man and stuff like that. You know, once once those things started taking off and then you have like the Dragon Ball Z where a lot of people get, first got into anime, mm-hmm. you know, it just only, I think it's only gaining more traction at this point. Mm-mm-mm. You know, it's it's funny, man. Uh, we're gonna wrap up. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but can the can the Japanese make live action versions of these mangas, man? I mean, have they have they done a good job up to this point, in your opinion? 
I, you know what? I haven't, I haven't really messed around with it because I'm, I'm afraid it'll damage, <laughs> damage my image of it. <laughs> so I, I, I tend to shy away from it. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I don't know. You know, they, I mean, now granted, I think they do some excellent cosplay. They, they have the character look and dress down pack, I think better than America does. Mm-hmm. But man, there there's a reason why you know the USA has you know number one export is entertainment. Yeah, because I think uh, personally, I think we do it the best. You know, here is is stories that that you can actually gravitate towards. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not really feeling what they did with uh, with Ghost in the Shell. That I, I kind of took that personally. I I'd never, I didn't even watch it. You know, it, yeah. it was it was it was it's it's. You know, there are certain things where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe you don't have this, uh, you know, race playing another race or whatever the case is, but it's really blatant to the storyline. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have Ghost in the Shell is about Japan and, you know, the things that happen in Japan and she's supposed to be Japanese. I actually have an article that's coming out on uh, with Reedsy. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, the editing platform. No. But... Talking about, um, you know, how, you know, why I wrote about a, a character of color, you know, I think it's really important to, to, to realize, it, you know, that self-love, how, how am I going to raise my daughter with a, a, a hero figure that's above me and my wife? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we aren't instilling or programming her with the knowledge and, uh, life lessons that she needs, then who's going to do it? Somebody else. And it's not going to be something that I agree with. So I might as well do my own indoctrination. And that was yet another reason why I wanted to create that character so that, you know, my daughter can say that hero looks like me and look how powerful she is. Look at how decisive she is. Look at how she's commanding these people. Look how agile and beautiful she is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and sure enough, she said, she looks like mommy. And I was like, that's because she's based off of mommy. It's like, Aww. oh, yeah, you know, nice. so now it, it, it creates that third parent, you know, where it's like I can I'm putting lessons in there for her for when she becomes an adult and able to read, you know, it in full. And I don't too much care about what she's, you know, it's like, OK, I don't have to censor so much up for, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, Mr. Callaway, the next five years, everything lines up, all the stars are in order, you get what you want. What do you see uh, happening with this property in the next five years, best case scenario? I see definitely more books. Um, I, I really, really am looking for uh, some animated uh, shorts. You know, I don't necessarily think that I would like to do a 30-minute a type of show as opposed to getting some real potent shows in, you know, 15 minute formats, but in an animated format Mm -hmm. where I can highlight the different sci-fi things, the different actions and all of these things. I, I, I've been trying to get it in as many formats as I can for, you know, the purpose of enjoying it. You know, some people like to read, some people are more visual, some people are more auditorial. But I want to get that aspect of merging it all together and, and having that, you know, having my own anime and being able to have that type of creative co- control because then you're really able to paint some pictures. Uh, so, 
I, I see it international. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, man. I mean, the internet, you know, uh, is is the ultimate distribution network. And, uh, yeah. you know, the fact that this is uh, an ebook first, I think, is marvelous. Uh, can you uh, give the folks uh, the ways to support you, the ways to contact you? Where can they find the book? How can they follow you on social media? Absolutely. So if you want to learn anything more or you want some uh, some free spoilers, you want to get into Chapter 2, you're more of a visual person, I have it posted uh, on the website. Now, granted, it's not the uh it's not the same version that's going to come out in the ebook but it's it, the words are the same and the art is still as good it's just slightly different because i you know i do want to respect people who are purchasing the content mm-hmm. you know so, but i i do have you know uh part 1 and part 2 posted on my website www.evianrising.com you can follow me on twitter at evianrising uh, same thing for Facebook, uh, forward slash Evian Rising is uh, trying to keep it as easy as I can for everybody who's trying to know more about it. You sign up, then I'll give you the ebook uh, for free. It's, it's cut, you know you stay on the mailing list, and you can get the information just as it comes. Fantastic, the vague sage, ladies and gentlemen, Mister. Latravius Calloway. Sir, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. Absolutely. Thank you so much for for, uh, having me on, and I appreciate the the dialogue. Yo, family, what's going on with you? I hope y'all dug that interview. This is Jonathan Soulspeak with you now. I want you to support my brothers and sisters by following them on social media and going to their website and picking up that product so we can stop focusing so much on issues and start focusing on building industry. For more episodes, go to JonathanSoul.com, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-S-O-U-L.com. And of course, I'm on social media. I'm on, uh, it's Jonathan Soul at Twitter, Instagram, uh, Tumblr. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on uh, SoundCloud. And um, I'm over at uh, Black Spot as well that terrific Facebook competitor. Listen, family, I love you guys, and I want all your dreams to come true. And my dreams can't come true without you, and yours can't come true without me. So let's support each other, and let's build this thing together. I love you guys. Peace and love to you and your family. Till next time.